0: Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack, And in this episode, I'm going to walk you through five reasons why your resume probably isn't working and what to do about them. So I don't know about you, but during my job search, my resume was the bane of my existence. There's just so much advice out there about what to do and what not to do with your resume. And a lot of it is conflicting. So you don't know who to trust. You don't know what to implement. And you end up spending hours and hours and hours trying all these different things things, only to realize that the feedback loop you're working with isn't that great because you can apply for all these jobs and not actually hear back from them or just get an automated reply with no real feedback. So that's the point of this episode. I want to help give you some clarity around why your resume might not be giving you the results that you want. And from the thousands of resumes that I've personally reviewed with the audience members that have come through Cultivated Culture, I've seen that this really comes down to five core things. So let's walk through each of them. The first reason that your resume probably isn't getting you the results you want is because you're using the wrong format or layout. A lot of people realize that the content on their resume is important, but they don't really think about how their content is received. And when something isn't easy to read or when something is hard to find, we're less likely to read it or less likely to find it. So when we think about our resume, we want to have great content, but we also want to present that content in a way that makes it really easy for the reader to actually see what they're looking for. So if we put ourselves in the shoes of the recruiter or the hiring manager, the person that's reading our resume, typically what's happening is they're scanning through resumes with a first pass. You know, you might've heard that recruiters only send six seconds reading resumes and who knows if it's actually six seconds. But what we can take away from that is these people are reviewing a lot of resumes, right? The data says that they get an average of around 250 applications per role. If you're reviewing 250 resumes, you can't just spend five minutes on each. So instead, what you do is you scan through each of them looking for specific language and keywords and experience. And for the ones that have it, you put that in a pile for a deeper dive. And for the ones that don't or the ones where you don't see it, You basically put that in the rejection pile. So as job seekers, what we want to do is make it as easy as possible for the person who's reading our resume to find the information that they're looking for. And the way that we do that is by using a specific format. So the one that we found to work best is to have your contact information at the very top, and that should be the case for any resume. And then just below that, we're going to use something that I call a highlight reel, which I'll talk about more in the second point. And then just below that, you're going to have your work experience, followed by your education, followed by your interests and skills. And the reason why this works so well is because the highlight reel, as we'll talk about, is a section that you can customize and personalize. So we can have all of your best info right there. But then we can move right into the work experience section. And so I see a lot of people sometimes putting education above work. And I typically don't recommend that, even for students in a lot of cases, simply because at the end of the day, real world results typically are more heavily weighted by employers and given you know, more clout than classroom experience. So we always want to lead with work experience for the most part. The other reason for that is because for employers who specifically care about education, they'll typically go seek that out and they know where to find that. So we don't wanna use the valuable space at the top of our resume to share something that these employers are just gonna seek out on their own. So the layout that you use, the format that you use on your resume is really, really important. And if you don't have the correct format, you're you're probably not gonna get the results that you want. The second reason your resume might not be getting you the results that you want is because you're starting with the wrong thing. So traditionally, people would start their resumes either with a summary, an objective, or they just lead right into the work experience or education section. And while these three things may be traditionally acceptable, they're not even close to the best way to start your resume. So the problem with the summary is that it's typically just a jargon and buzzword-filled paragraph that speaks to your experience. And frankly, companies don't really care about your experience or connecting the dots. They just care about what you can do for them. So that doesn't work. The objective section also doesn't work because it's a statement of your objective with the resume. It's typically about what you want. And again, companies don't really care about what you want. They care about what you can offer them. And then for the work experience and education sections, the problem with these is that they don't give us a lot of control. You know, maybe some of your best experience isn't in the first role or the last education that you got, but that's what we have to lead with because of the traditional resume format. So instead of doing those things, I recommend leading with a highlight reel, which is based Basically a section where you title it with your target job title and summary. So you might say something along the lines of sales executive summary or user experience design summary. And then you have three to five bullets that showcase your very best experience. So the first bullet should be an overarching summary of your career, including your job title, years of experience, and your unique value proposition. Then the middle bullets should be case study bullets, which are essentially the thousand foot view that kind of support that first bullet. So these are the individual projects and results that you've driven throughout your experience. And you can cherry pick these from any role that you've had in your career. And then finally, the last bullet should be some sort of extracurricular value. Maybe you've led some volunteering projects. Maybe you do some continuing education. Maybe you have a side hustle. All these things are things that you can mention in that last bullet. And the beautiful part about this is that you control all of the content. You can make sure that the most relevant stuff shows up at the very top of your resume and you get to pick and choose what shows up here. So you're not reliant on somebody digging through the chronological order of your resume in order to find your best value. So if you're not using this, I would highly recommend checking it out. And I'm also gonna drop a link in the show notes below that will walk you through all of this in more detail. It will teach you exactly how to write a great highlight reel with examples. So be sure to check that out if you wanna learn more. The third reason that your resume might not be getting the results that you want is because you're not tailoring your resume for the role that you're applying to. So I get it, this takes a lot of work if we do this in the traditional sense. And I thought people were crazy when they told me I needed a unique resume for every role because I thought that that basically meant I had to start from scratch and rebuild my resume and customize it for hours in order to have a shot. And that's not really true. Instead, what you should do is have a master resume that has all of your experience on it And then you should use a tool that will help you understand how your resume stacks up to whatever target job it is that you're looking to apply to. And then what you can do is strip out certain content or adjust certain content or add in certain content to your master resume. So the way that I like to do this is selfishly using our own tool called ResiMatch.io, which lets you upload your resume on one side, job description on the other, and it will actually give you a score and tell you how well your resume lines up with that target role. And not only that, but it'll tell you the specific keywords that you need and it'll tell you any best practices that you're missing, and it'll tell you how well you're actually selling your experience. And through all that stuff, you can go and make those updates and those tweaks in 10, 15 minutes. And now you have a personalized resume that you can use to apply to this job, knowing that you have the right keywords, you have the right experience, and you're boosting your chances of getting in the door. Because at the end of the day, if you try to be everything to everybody, your value isn't gonna be specific enough to really stand out and you're gonna lose out to other people who are more specialized. So instead, what I want you to do is buy into that specification, play into it using a tool like ResiMatch. We'll link it below in the show notes so you can check it out. But that is gonna make this easy so that you can update your resume, make sure it's personalized without spending hours and hours and hours having to do that. The fourth reason why your resume may not be getting the results that you want is because you're summarizing your experience instead of selling it. So this is something that I see all the time with job seekers. They show up with bullets like responsible for managing social media campaigns for a Fortune 500 brand, or responsible for creating reports that were delivered to the C-suite on a monthly basis. And the problem with these types of statements is that they only talk about the action taken, and anybody can take an action. I can take an action, my grandfather can take an action, my 10-month-old son can take an action. All of these actions can be taken by anybody, but they don't actually tell us The result, right, they don't actually share the value that came out of it. And at the end of the day, that's what the company cares about. The company doesn't want to pay somebody to come in and just take actions all day. They want to pay somebody to come in and make a difference, actually drive value. So the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you tie results into the bullets on your resume. So one of the ways that you can think about this is using a formula that some recruiters at Google came up with called the XYZ formula, where you essentially write your bullets in this fashion. You accomplish X as measured by Y by doing Z. And the important thing isn't just to write your bullet in that exact same format every single time, but to note that you need to talk about what you accomplished and how you measured it and what you did in order to accomplish that thing that you're measuring. And so instead of just saying that you manage social media campaigns for a Fortune 500 brand, you might wanna say that you spearheaded the social media strategy for a Fortune 500 brand, which resulted in 100,000 new followers in six months, right? And these specific metrics, they don't always have to be dollars, right? Or followers. They can be the scope of a project, right? How many people were on the team that worked on this project? What was the budget for this project? How many different teams were involved in general and which teams were they, right? All of these different things are ways that we can add value and metrics to our resume bullets, even if you're not in a numbers-focused role. The most important thing though is that you actually get out there and you think about the results and outcomes that your work and your experience drove, and then tie those into the bullets on your resume, because that is how these hiring managers and recruiters are going to be able to quantify your experience, gauge your experience and realize the value that you're going to bring to the table. The fifth reason your resume may not be getting the results you want is because it's either too long or too short. So I typically don't see that many resumes that are too short. Usually this tends to come from people who are earlier on in their career and it's super easy to flush out a short resume. I would just get out there and start taking courses, start building some more experience. The coolest part about the world that we live in today is that the barrier has never been lower to get out there and build the experience that you need. So I definitely recommend doing that. But on the flip side, there are way, way, way too many resumes that are too long. So I mentioned earlier, I have personally reviewed thousands of resumes. And what I've seen is that for folks with less than 20 years of experience who are not in the C-suite, about 90 to 95% of those resumes can get on a single page. And you might sit there and tell me, what? No way. I have all these roles. I have all this great experience. There's no way I could get that onto a single page. And that is probably where you're wrong. Because if you are writing your bullets concisely, if you are including the most relevant information, if you are not including the information that does not serve your purposes, and also if you're removing experience that's greater than 10 to 15 years old, because Let's be honest, at the end of the day, for most roles, companies aren't hiring you for what you did 10, 15 years ago. Instead, they're hiring you for what you've done recently, right? If you do all that stuff, you should be able to get your resume onto a single page. And that really is going to make things a lot easier to manage. And I actually love that as a forcing function, because what ends up happening is when we put all of our experience on our resume, we tend to put experience that isn't really relevant for the role. And the problem is that forces the recruiter to have to start to dig through all of your experience in order to find the relevant stuff. And if they have to do that, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. They're not going to do it because that is a lot of work and they have a lot of resumes to go through and they are scanning, like we said, looking for that specific experience. So if it's not easy to find, if it's buried in a wall of text, they're probably not going to find it and to no fault of their own. So we wanna make it easy for them. We wanna strip out all of that fluff. We wanna strip out all of the irrelevant experience, even if it pains us because it was a project that we spent a lot of time on and we really love. If it's not relevant, we want to remove it. And we only want to include the content that is relevant and pertinent to the role that we're applying for. So those are the five reasons why your resume probably isn't getting you the results that you're looking for. And the good news is you now know what they are. So I'd think through each of these things, I'd look at your resume and then I would start making some of the updates here. And again, if you wanna make things easy, I've linked that resume summary article below so you can look through exactly what a highlight reel is and you can mimic it on your resume. And then I've also linked up our resume match IO tool so that you can run a scan for your resume compared to a job description, get that score and see exactly what updates you need to make. So thank you as always for listening listening. And if this episode was valuable to you, if you got some tangible value out of it, I'd really appreciate it if you share it with just one other person who is updating the resume or is, who is struggling to get results from their resume. I know that they will be grateful to you for the info and I will be super grateful to you for the share. But outside of that, thank you as always for listening and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.